Welcome to Absolute Comics, right here at the twitch.tv slash comic story and channel every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Sal and I sit down and talk about some of your favorite comic book news, comic books themselves, and what is happening in the world of comics. Right, Sal? That's right. Yes, I'm Benny, also known as the Comic Story, and that is Sal from Comic Pop. And today's episode is brought to you by G Fuel. G Fuel? G Fuel, of which I need some right now. This is me putting out a call to someone on my team. G Fuel! G Fuel. <laughs> Gary's looking at me like, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hit up you, hit up let him know I need some G Fuel because. Because I need G Fuel, and you can get G Fuel for 10% off by going to the G Fuel website, or putting in your order, and using the code COMICS at checkout. Show your support for the Comic Story and channel, the Comic Story and podcast, and more specifically, Absolute Comics. You can also show your support for this show by subscribing right here on Twitch right now or during the show itself, or you can go to either one of our Patreons where the show is released early. You can get early access by going to patreon.com slash comic pop or patreon.com slash comic storian. That's I think right. that's all of our plugs today, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, unless right, anybody cool. else wants to plug our stuff. Like, hey, listen, call us. We'll plug your thing. Just <laughs> And for business inquiries, just hit me up at comicstorian at gmail.com. Uh, the rates are really low for this show. It's new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ground floor. Today, today yeah, they're, they're at the floor. We're as low as they go. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so currently, uh, today's topics are going to be the Bloodshot trailer, the Star Wars trailer, Rick Grayson becoming a talent, now that Dick Grayson's done being Rick Grayson, I, we'll, we'll talk about it, yeah. uh, Spawn 300, whatever DC Community Week is, because I'm going to look into that, uh, X-Men, the <laughs> fact that Gene, Scott, and Logan have interconnecting doors. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you that in a minute. Uh, we're going to talk about the Batman 81 art change. We're going to talk about Ghost Rider number one and, of course, Absolute Carnage. And I know we added it at the last second. We have two more that are getting thrown on here. Martin Scorsese's comments and Jeff Loeb leaving Marvel TV. Yeah, it's a packed show. Good one. You're not it going is. to miss it. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to take a stab at former co-hosts of ours, Sal. I'm, I'm taking right. a savage stab. We go. At, at my, ourselves included. Uh, how did we not have topics for every week? <laughs> Dude, like, well, you know what? It's funny. It feels like there are better topics now than there had been, but maybe we just weren't looking hard enough. I don't know. But like, it felt. I remember scrounging the bottom of the barrel back in the day, like being like, "What? What? What is happening? What's happening in the world of comics?" And it's like, yeah. It, well, yeah, and, and I don't know. Maybe it was a darker time, but it, like there were a lot of uh, there, there was a lot of. Was that the darkest timeline? <laughs> it might be. I mean, we're certainly the darkest timeline for the weekly poll days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that it friggin' ended. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and kick it off. Dan showed me this one today, um, and I thought I. So we we believe you're getting credence to your the X Men are having orgies theory. Yeah, <laughs> or the very least, there's some polyamory happening in the yes. in the in the core X Men team. So do you want to explain it? Do you know the situation I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. No, um, my, uh, actually, my co-host and wife, Tiffany, posted a picture of it and was like, what is this? Uh, if you take a look at the schematics in X-Men number one from Jonathan Hickman and Lionel Yu, um, or Lenil Yu, I think, uh, there is, of course, his handy-dandy charts and graphs and all that other stuff, and there's also a blueprint of the Summer's home on the blue area of the moon. And in that chart, you can see that there's all, Hickman loves his circles, doesn't he? But uh, there's a lot of little like <laughs> circle rooms, all of them being autonomous circles, until you get over to the summer's wing where Scott, Gene, and for no reason, Wolverine are staying, <laughs> in which Gene is okay. staying in the center room, 
and Scott and Logan are on either side, and they're the only three rooms that have special doors that interconnect to themselves. So what's that all about? Maybe it's because they're part of a bridge club and they all just want to be able to play bridge at any hour of the night. Or maybe. So no, <laughs> well, my, my immediate question was, which room is Gene's? Gene's is if the this center is like, room. Gene, yeah, I was going to say, because if it's like Gene, Cyclops, Wolverine, okay, Wolverine's at the bottom, it's just so they can all talk. Right. But Gene's in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gene's in the middle, Logan's at the top, Scott's at the bottom. Take that as you will, too. But my, what I'm saying is, about what you just said. What am I just saying? Yeah. And does that does that line up, kinda? But uh, I I feel like this is definitely another indication. And by the way, like I, you know, when I mentioned that when we talked about the orgy thing, I I, I was kind of like making a joke about how like it, it reminded me a lot of that second Matrix movie and how they all were like celebrating the you know their life and being Zion, Zion. Yeah. and and then the, we had the same scene in here and they were still calling it the orgy scene back then and they it was kind of like a joke but all, at the same time it's pretty suggestive then you look on twitter you see hickman say you know a group of crows is called a murder you know a group of dolphins is a pod a group of mutants is called an orgy <laughs> is that what he said He's, please tell me he said that that's canon that's Hickman oh. on Twitter. So it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there's something to it, I don't know. But these connecting rooms, at the very least, there, there's some there's some menages happening. So maybe this is what deep down what he wanted, the X-Men to yeah. just be, I guess, banging it out? <laughs> maybe. I, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, I don't really know what else to say about this. I, I mean, I haven't been reading. Now, let me ask you this. Are Gene, Cyclops, and Wolverine considered the leaders of the X-Men right now? Right. No, I think... No, are they? That's what I'm asking. Like, I feel like Storm is the leader of the X-Men. <laughs> so it's not even like they're the, the leaders who need to maybe discuss some things on their own. No, they're just... They're, they're, they are on the front line. They are members of the core team, but... No. Wolverine, Scott, and Jean are not... They don't need to to strategize. <laughs> well, maybe they do, just not about tactics. That's true. I mean, no matter what. But yeah, I, I, I really... I really don't know what else to say about this interconnecting room thing. It just more, leaves more credence to your theory that they're actually just having orgies. Right. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> and why not? I mean, you know what? It's the first time they're finally feeling safe and happy, and so they, they, they have some downtime. I don't know. I mean, you know, why not? Share it around. I mean, as far as I'm aware, only in alternate timelines have Logan and Gene ever actually gotten together. And yeah, no, they well in the movie universe too. Well, in the movie universe, yes, but uh, at the oh, same which I time, I guess is an alternate timeline, but that's the more people know that one. Right, it's true. But for me, I'm like, I I never really got the 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 the, the, the love triangle between Scott, Gene, and Logan. Because for me, I was always like, I always saw Logan as just being really obsessed with Gene, but Gene being like, I like to entertain Logan to make Scott upset, but I have right. no interest in this little guy. This little hairy man with yeah, claws. Yeah, this furry rage monster. But at the same time, like, 
This is, uh, it, what I find interesting is if you actually like, if you take a look at the interplay between Jean and Scott, it doesn't look very romantic. It doesn't look very- like, It never has. They've never felt like a couple to yeah, me. I mean, like I, I have the wedding issue and- it, okay, w Wedding issue aside, you're gonna look like a couple literally dressed up as a couple. Right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I've, I've seen them together and I get the idea behind their love, but listen, I, I, I've seen it a lot less tepid than it looks right now. So it's like, and I, and I haven't actually seen Gene and Logan really interact outside of suggestive glances from House and from Hawks and Pox. So I don't know. Right. It's 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 very interesting uh, and probably very important to the story because you know because Hickman's not beating you over the head with it, but he's also putting it out there already. Oh, he is. I don't. I don't know what he's doing. Like, I still got to play catch up on this, and I have my. I'm flying over for a charity event this weekend, so I'm actually going to download all the X Men stuff to get caught up. Entirely. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. So I should be caught up. No longer have you telling me. But I feel like we've almost hit like a weekly. Here's the weekly Sal discussing the X Men orgy segment of this our show. This is literally like, I, well, just me talking about the X Men on a, with any regularity. I was actually looking at our other show where we do comics weekly, and all the covers for the past like four weeks have been X Men. <laughs> which is the first time that's happened ever in the history of the show. And so, I mean, overall, regardless of your jokes about the orgy, it's still a good book. You're really well, enjoying it, it's, I assume. It's, it's, it's engaging. The, it's, it's got great art. It's Hickman. It will definitely have, you know, impact over the Marvel Universe at large. Uh, you know, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, and there's no way that shoe's going to drop for the f next few issues, at least. You, you got lots more to go on, and... And and also of course it's the fun of Rita Hickman in real time, which is speculating right. and, and and you know hypothesizing and making theories, and so that's always fun. And so yeah, it, it's an engaging time for for X Men, and it's a great time for if you're like a passing X Men fan to kind of just get in because you're like, oh I know that character, or like oh when I quit that character was dead, but now everyone's alive, so it's like oh I'm I, I can really get into this and not really need much context. Right. Okay. So yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, okay. Let's move on to the next topic because I don't really have much to say about no, the next one myself. No, it's just funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel like we're just going to keep harping on, like, it's an orgy. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, see, people certainly seem to expect it now, so. Yeah. Uh, look, wait, we'll go the way Dan put the, the topics today. We're, I told you, we're talking about everything we talked about today, but Dan put them in the order of Bloodshot Trailer next. Okay, so, yeah. They made a Bloodshot this. <laughs> Right. Before we discuss this, I do want to state just for the just for transparency. Yeah. Sal and I do have worked with Valiant recently. They've recently had a resurgence in having a community team and having a social media team and having people on board. They've been very kind to us. They brought us to New York Comic Con. Before we discuss this, I want that transparency out there that while we aren't being paid to have a biased opinion towards Bloodshot. We're working very closely with Valiant, so... Yeah, well, and, like, <laughs> if, if I were a younger person and I never had any relationship with, with, with Valiant, I would be like, a Bloodshot movie? Why? Yeah. But now I'm uh, kind of like, oh, let me at least give it the benefit of the doubt. Let me look at it. Now, the Bloodshot movie, I will say, and I'm not dropping names, I have had the pleasure of seeing this thing through its entire development. Right. From early test footage to pre-CG to right before the trailer dropped. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I I had this privilege, and I'm not going to say how I ha how I got this privilege, but it wasn't anyone in Valiant right now. I could, that I could definitively tell you. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, no one who works for the company of Valiant Comics aided you in your prior yeah. knowledge. No. <laughs> Up until this trailer dropped, 
I was everything I saw. I'm like, wow, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I get what you're going for. Right. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and also, um, I mean, like, well, because how many things does it have going for it? It's a Sony movie. It's mm-hmm. Vin Diesel on the downslope of his career. It's a valiant character. Like, actually, I, I will counter that. Vin Diesel's still on the upslope. Fast and the Furious is one of the largest franchises in the world. That's right true. Now. But oh, they're also like it's like but, fa- it's like they're fa- the, the Fast and Furious people seem like they're just tripping over themselves trying to find someone else to be the face of the of the franchise. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, from what I understand it, because I do follow Fast and the Furious, it seems like there was a huge dispute between The Rock and Vin Diesel. Big time. The Rock is a breakout, humongous movie star since really getting more roles. That is where a lot of the the Discord seems to come by. Um, And they've just, they've moved Hobbs and Shaw into their own movie to resolve this, which also sold like crazy. So the Fast and Furious is just getting bigger and bigger. Right, but there's Um, no, well, I guess Vin Diesel, his movie would be Fast and the Furious. It wouldn't be a side movie. No, okay, so I, this tells you how much of a fan I am of Fast and the Furious. Right, yeah. <laughs> so Fast 8, I want to say, The Fate of the Furious, came out, and they were supposed to do Furious 9. It was going to be the next one, and they're already signed on, I believe, for three more Furious movies. Why not? They decided, because of the discord between The Rock and, and Vin Diesel, and the fact that The Rock is like this humongous movie star now, yeah. they're going to make the Hobbs and Shaw movie. The arguments have now come in, instead of doing Furious 9 and Hobbs and Shaw, they postponed Furious 9, and that's where all the arguments now coming out. I see. Because basically, The Rock agreed to do Hobbs and Shaw, took that check, so the Fast and the Furious crew are now mad at him, because by taking his check and doing his movie, he postponed their checks and their movie. Right. I just see it as multi millionaires arguing about getting another million dollar payday oh. faster than like <laughs> and, it, and it's it's so much worse because apparently there's also some interplay where like it's, it's egos and everybody has to look cool like yeah the rock can't have more punches than vin diesel like if they if if, if vin diesel and the rocket into a fight each one has to have a proportionate amount of badassery to the point where they have, yep. to have to, they have like a graph and charts and numbers to show that they're each as cool as the other. Like, who, who has the patience for that kind of crap? Right. I, apparently those guys. Well, apparently Sony was like, we don't. Here's your movie. Yeah. Well, how about this, Vin? You can, you can say more than three words and you get to be in the whole movie at once. Like... <laughs> we're in so anyway the Hobbs and Shaw came out and they did that and I mean so I, I would disagree with Vin Diesel's on the downslope of his career but well, I will say yeah. it's the beginning of a new superhero universe which is rocky as hell to begin with well and also it is Sony they can't even make the Valiant universe it's, they, they sold off all these characters so like you're, oh yeah, was it a Harbinger now? Is yeah, it off on its own? It's on Paramount, so like you can't yeah. even get that. Like, is Ninjak ever gonna fight Bloodshot? Let's not put the cart before the horse. Is Ninjak gonna get a movie, much less show up in a Bloodshot movie? I don't think so, but like, we'll see. I mean, right. And if it is, but, it won't be a Sony picture. That aside, real quick, because people, are, people, are, because we mentioned Sony so much of Furious, they're trying to clarify. No, we know. I know that Fast and Furious is universal. They, they have nothing to do with Sony. No, it's just but that Sony's Vin Diesel making a is Fast and, the, Fast and the Furious is what made Vin Diesel. Fast and Furious made me go get muscle cars when I was a kid. So. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> or at least want them. That's yeah. what. Like when Sal goes to visit, you're going to be riding my Challenger, and you're going to be like, "We're Vin Diesel." Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe I'll get Fast and the Furious finally, because no one I know owns one of those. Cars. Riding in a muscle car, you'll be like, "I get it." Family. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, um, 
<coughs> yeah, Riddick, he let die. So I'd say as long as Fast and Furious is still popular, he's still doing fine. Right. Um, now, seeing it all beforehand, I was kind of questioning it. Them losing a lot of license, I question it. I will say the movie, the trailer itself, I actually was excited about. Yeah. It looks like a solid action movie. It gave me the plot. I don't think they're going to try to build the Valiant universe unless this turns into a billion dollar movie. Right. I have a feeling that this, the way that that was portrayed to me was we're just doing bloodshot. Like we got Vin Diesel to be an action star and that's what you're getting. Yeah. We're probably going to get one. We're, we're going to get one bloodshot out of this. We'll see. But uh, it is Sony. Sony is desperate for franchises and it's kind of ironic yeah that Sony had the entire Valiant universe and now they've finally gotten one of them out. They are in a Marvel situation where they can't have an interconnected universe anymore. Like, that sucks because I'm pushing for Bloodshot. I want Bloodshot to do crazy good numbers. Not just because we have a couple of friends on both sides of that equation, but also because if Sony has a franchise that they've always wanted... That isn't Spider-Man. They'll stop making Spider-Man movies, <laughs> and we can just have Spider-Man in the MCU without any nonsense, and I don't have to go see a Morbius movie with Jared Leto, or I have to worry about how Venom is going to be made to fight Spider-Man. We can just go make your Exo Man of War movie. Go make your Ninjak movie. Go make your, your, your Harbinger movie. And, and I'll go see them. I'll see them opening day, if it means that yep. Spider-Man can get fixed. I go see movies sometimes. I buy tickets to movies that I can't even go see. Just to, like, Natalie and I will buy them hoping we got time to go see it. Right. But to support things other than the Marvel movies. Right. Because as much as I love the Marvel movies, they are overtaking the entirety of, uh, of Hollywood. Well, they there are. are. They, they, they're, well, and thankfully right now, Phase 4 seems like the, the least prolific of all the phases. Like, there's, yeah. there's maybe a Doctor Strange movie. They're, I heard they're working on the script now. I'm like... You have a title before the friggin' story? Get out of here. Uh, Eternals, they're working on. You know, like, it's it's movies that have no certainty. And so that isn't quite where we were, but certainly there's no reason to suspect that Marvel won't be dominating the box office for the foreseeable future. And it's nice to help right. out some other folks. And, it, and it's good that there's diversity in the marketplace. So well, what I want to see is that diversity. Like DCEU is doing okay; it's not doing gangbusters, and that's the problem with it. And it should be, it's, but it's not. It yeah. should be, and it's not. And because of that, everyone's still like, the Marvel movies are the holy grail. The Marvel movies are the amazing, most amazing thing ever. And as much as I like the Marvel movies, I don't want them to be this successful unless because everyone's trying to emulate them, and right. I don't want Marvel movies everywhere i want marvel movies to be marvel movies and then other movies are doing what i want i liked the joker simply because it was different it yeah. wasn't them trying to be a marvel movie no you that's know what I mean? true i'm glad they didn't do that but i also understand the idea behind an interconnected universe like just because marvel did it well doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it that way you know like the marvel formula that people are like so keen to criticize right now because they are on top and it's like there's nothing like bad or good about that it's just they're on top they're making these you know every every movie seems to do gangbusters and 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 they do have a very uniform feel because they're part of one thing and they're all kind of like unifyingly produced by one guy and 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 overseen to be this this homogenous thing um i want an interconnected dc universe i want to see batman and superman and the justice league and all this stuff I want that, and I don't think that that's a distinctly Marvel concept. It's just that Marvel did it well first. They did it and exceedingly I want more well. DC the problem, movies. 
Uh, the problem is that Marvel is on the throne. They did it so well that everyone wants to be Marvel. It reminds me of when Minecraft came out. Nah. So video games, video games are huge. Everyone knows the market's huge. But in the last 10 years, it's exploded as a true form of art, entertainment. It's a way that people actually pass their time. It's no longer just for kids. I'd say probably in the last 10, 15 years, it became more of an adult hobby than anything else. Okay. Minecraft came out. And everyone saw the possibility of this open world sandbox to do whatever you want game that is early access that allows people to get in. It's built for kids. Adults can enjoy it the whole nine yards. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I've been playing Minecraft on my personal channel. Uh, you can go check that out <laughs> as soon as this stream ends at twitch.tv slash eligible monster. Anyway, uh, but when that happened, the gaming market took a huge shift and everyone had to make survival games and games for kids and early access and everything became what they were all trying to get the Minecraft formula. They're doing it right now with Fortnite. Mm. If, if you're, if, if, but, but I didn't want to use Fortnite because it's more of a recent example yeah. where everyone's like Battle Royale. Everyone now makes a Battle Royale. Right. Um, I well, feel like it's what happened in the Marvel movies. It came out, the first couple, Interconnected Universe blew the hell up. And then suddenly things like Man of Steel being a solo movie was not a thing anymore. Yeah. Man of Steel is now the introduction to our interconnected universe. Right. Like well, and I would argue that that's like, Man of, the problem with Man of Steel is not that it's connected to a large DC universe. But for me, this, it, it's this, the, the video game industry, the movie industry, they're all just chasing the money. It's the same with yeah. like farming simulators. Like everyone had to make farming simulators. That was a huge thing for a while. And it was just I that was where that, but okay. Well, it oh, was you a, mean Farmville day, back in the Farmville era. Back exactly. The like there were Facebook okay. games and like how you like, it was just a time sink and you know, and a money sink exclu ex exclusive, you know, good made up nonsense that you didn't actually own. Like it, there, all that was a money, was, was a money chase. And, and, the video game industry chased it. The movie industry is doing the same thing. The movie industry is a giant roulette table, where they're, but instead of it being numbers, it's art. So it's actually worse. Yep. And so to, to bank on. And so when when they see that people are happy with a set number of things they can write down in a bullet point list that look like data, but actually is just inherently part of the creative force behind it, which is to say, Marvel's part of a larger universe they can say, well, then that's how it works and we're going to start doing that. So while DC yes. could have made original things and could have done this, and they tried, kind of, uh, they, they were like, well, that we'll, do th we'll just check off all the boxes and we'll make that kind of money, or at least we'll hope to, but they don't really know because it's all just chasing the money. Um, yeah. But I want that. I want to clarify I want one thing. Our I, chat filled me in. They're like, Man of Steel wasn't the beginning. It wasn't intended. No, that's the problem with Man of Steel. Man of Steel came out. It wasn't the beginning of a DC. No, it was, just man, it was just Man of Steel. And, and, right. And, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we're not doing Man of Steel 2. Our universe has started with Man of Steel. Yes. It, it wasn't, if you, for people who don't know this, and Sal will vouch, Green Lantern was supposed to kick off the DCEU. Yeah, why do you think it Amanda <laughs> Waller's in that? Hey, yeah. Hey, here's something fun. In 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 the same way that Green Lantern was literally going to be the DCEU like launching point. Punisher Warzone is technically in the MCU. It's produced by Feige, it's made by Marvel Studios, it's in the universe. It's just they ignored it because it made no money and it was like really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> but like I liked Warzone. I I I have I have a new affinity for it. Uh, but I preferred my John Bernthal Netflix Punisher now. Uh, right. But basically what happened with WB is they made Green Lantern expecting it to be like their version of Iron Man. It was going to kick off the universe. Movie tanked. So they didn't do it. Yep. Man of Steel came out. Man of Steel did well. And they were like, well, why didn't we start with Superman? This is in the universe now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, they... 
the the reason why I think Marvel worked and was successful besides all the other stuff is like they have a map. It's it's actually kind of funny that DC does this not only in the movies but also in the comics where it's like if you come up with your plan ahead of time and you stock your plan with talented people who can execute that plan flawlessly based on a proven track record and a solid body of work, good things will happen for you. And there wasn't a plan. There was just like, well, we're making Superman because like we made Batman so let's make Superman. And we'll get the guys who did the last Batman movie and the guys and the guy who made the last couple of comic book adaptations that worked for us to make that Superman movie, regardless of how they are incongruous in tone to that character. Right. And they made it. And, you know, apparently there's a huge audience of people who want a miserable color muted Superman. But like Oh my god. You know, but it, I, I have two things to talk about. I don't want to get into it, but, you know. Yeah, well, I, I know you're not a fan of, just like I'm not, of the release of Snyder Cut thing. In my opinion, it's it's there's no point in it. It's just, it, 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 for those who don't know, my argument yeah. against the Snyder Cut is not that we don't get that version of the movie. I would If they wanted to release it, fine, I'd watch it. My problem with the Snyder Cut is the original Snyder Cut is implying the rest of the DCEU. It's like a giant trailer for different movies that we won't ever get. Right. So even, even if the Snyder Cut were to be done were to be completed, were to be put out, they were to spend the money and everyone bought it to prove that this is what we wanted, it's just going to set up stuff that we're never going to get. So Yeah, like, uh, what if Marshall Which is Manhattan also why I think like, they're not releasing it. I think the honest reason why they're not... Because from what we understand, supposedly by Zack Snyder, the Snyder Cut is mostly done, needs some last-minute visual effects. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, that's that's the biggest thing, and it's like... Part of the reason why people expect it is because I think that, like, they assume that a deleted scene is a finished product, and it's just straight up not, especially in a right. effects-heavy movie like this, where Batman's cape is CG. Like, you're not good. They're not going to spend $60 million to complete this movie that they don't believe people wanted to go see. So you're never going to get a completed finished product. You're only going to get, like... Act, ran, and by the way, they insert actors on like into scenes they're not really in. Like they shot them in separate places in different locations. So you can have Gal Gadot in one spot and Ben Affleck in another, and they're all against green screens. And they have to. It's a lot of work to make this thing complete. And it's like, sure, are there scenes that were not in the movie that are on the cutting room floor and could technically be assembled? Yes. Will I spend the money to do that? No. And they shouldn't. Well, and because I'm not well, going to get a return. That- well, and that's exactly what I think. I think they don't think there's a return, but I don't. I think the part of the other reason they're not doing it, just to be like, fine, whatever, we'll please the Zack Snyder fans, right. it's over, here's the movie, is because most likely it'll then lead to, you know, release the Snyder universe, you know, like, do the next movies. <laughs> if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. Yeah. If I give you the Snyder cut, you're going to want to see that Martian Manhunter movie. You're going to want to see Dark Side show back up. You're never going to be satisfied. And if you give in to that level of demand for something that, like, arguably a vocal minority of viewers want, you're only setting a precedent for them bullying you into doing what they want versus what's good for your company. And at the end of the day, that's what their bottom line is. They're trying to make money. And that's why they 
Like, what's, that's why this, the Zack Snyder thing didn't work out. Let's put it that way. And why Joss Whedon was brought back in. Why did, why did they bring Joss Whedon? He, like, he wouldn't fit in the Zack Snyder universe. His sensibilities don't, don't mesh because he made an Avengers movie, because he made two Avengers movies, and they both made bank. That's why. Because it, it's all about the roulette table trying to make money. It, it doesn't, it's not about the art or making something that, like, you want to see. It's about them making something they think you want to see that you'll make, that'll make them money. It, yeah. it has to be those two things together. It, 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 they know people want to see the Snyder Cut. They don't think enough people want to see it to spend the money on it. Right. Anyway, because I, I remember they were talking about how with the latest New York Comic Con, like no more, no new news on Snyder Cut, guys. Sorry. No, and because like, they're not, they're not doing it. They're not going to finish it. Because it, it is yeah. that universe like, is dead. And I've said this before. I feel like the well, first off, they want you to forget the DCEU. They want you to forget Justice League and Batman v Superman and all that crap. They don't want you to remember any of that at this point. Yeah. They want you to be like Wonder Woman 1984, Aquaman number, you know, Aquaman number one. We want you to remember Joker. That's what they want you to do. But the second reason is, um, did you know they? made a music video just to promote get me the Snyder cut no I did not <laughs> say that I, I I don't understand the Snyder cut mentality they're like we want closure and so they just keep egging on give us the Snyder cut like they bought the billboard at San Diego I want to say yep they bought uh they, they just made, they paid for they yeah they had a plane they just made I almost feel like it's just a community of people just did that Maybe one day they'll be like, hey, look, here's all the deleted scenes. Just enjoy. You get the green screen. We're not finishing it. They should just, <laughs> at that point, just do that. And then let's, yeah. let someone else make it. You know, like there are a lot of eager people who have really yeah. good CG skills. Like just let them make it. You know, I don't know why, I don't know why WB, actually, I will agree to that. I don't know why WB doesn't do that. Yeah. Why they don't just go, look, you guys want the Snyder cut. Here's everything we have with no visual effects. Right. It's not the movie we're selling, so it's not going to hurt our, our our Blu-ray sales. Yeah. No. You know? That's right. Enjoy. And, yeah. Oh, also, we didn't have any good audio either. So, you know. But what I'm, yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is just give them all the footage and let them put it together. Yeah. You know, if Zack Snyder is so adamant about getting the Snyder cut out there. Right. Let him do it. He knows people. <laughs> right. Exactly. How about you go get the footage and you put it together yourself at your on your own dime? Yeah. But anyway, the other thing I want to talk about on this movie topic, because with the bloodshot... Wait, did we even mention the bloodshot trailer? We talked about <laughs> how we've seen it. <laughs> we should go back to that in a minute, okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's do that. Let's, let's, let's finish All our right, thoughts. So, bloodshot, bloodshot trailer in yeah. general looks like a great action movie. I'm on board at the bloodshot trailer. I really am. That's nothing... Like, I, I will admit, before seeing it completed, I was like, dude... This does not look as good as you guys are telling me it's going to look. Yeah. I really hope this comes together in the trailer. I feel it did. Now, my team was like trying to pick apart some of the VG, uh, visual effects. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, oh, but you didn't see the CG here. Uh, Gary put it best. He goes, "I watching that, I can see that the movie's not done. Yeah. Like they pulled what they could to make this trailer. And I'm like, maybe you're right. But I'm excited about seeing it. I want to see it. And I want to support Anything other than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That doesn't mean I'm not going to support the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I don't want to see Hollywood just become the Marvel Cinematic Hollywood. Right, right. You know? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just jazzed they made a Bloodshot movie, and the trailer, the U.S. domestic one, uh, was like compelling and interesting, and it, it does give away the whole story, I think. But like... It's a it's a it's a dude who's listen, who misses his family who's going to get revenge like of you know the story you've seen it a thousand yeah. times and they're not going to like you know oh well they 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 miss this this and this listen if if you're missing white bloodshot I don't know if you saw our interview with Todd McFarlane but there's an action figure that shows you you're gonna get it 
Yeah, that we know enough to know that. I mean, based on the trailer, it's going to show up at the end of the movie, right? That's I mean, the, you see yeah. Vin Diesel doing things as Vin Diesel. I don't agree with that. I can see the budgetary restraint reason for that. Totally. Maybe Vin Diesel didn't want to be in white body paint the whole time. I mean, there's, there probably could be not. Or he, or he didn't want to wear the. Well, or they were just like, no, the audience will not accept it if he's white the whole time. But if it's at the end and they and it's like a cool suiting up sequence or or a like he's at his he's at the end of his rope sequence, they'll accept it. And if they like it, then we'll make the sequel if they like it enough to buy tickets to go see it. Uh, he'll right. be he'll be white in that. You know, like I can see that. Yeah, it's just it, it, they're they're remember it's a company and they're trying to check boxes. You're there. They, the reason why Vin Diesel's Bloodshot is because they want you to go see it. Yeah. Well, it's like the argument back in the day where they were like, I mean, just I don't want to dive too much. This is an older argument, but when Scarlett Johansson was uh, major from Ghost in the Shell, yeah, I 100 agreed. We should have gotten an Asian actress in that role, but they picked Scarlett Johansson because they were like, it's Ghost in the Shell. Nobody's gonna know what this is except anime fans. Yeah, we want them to go see it because of Scarlett Johansson. That was why they did it. Vin Diesel's in this role because they're like, we need an action star to play Bloodshot. We need to sell this. Like, we need to yeah. sell the Valiant universe, or at the very least, this concept of Bloodshot. And if you saw that with, like, with nobody, you, you'd be less inclined to check it out. I'm sorry, but, like, that's... Objectively speaking, you know, in the industry, that's how it works. You're, you're like, you can say, I'm gonna go see the Vin Diesel movie and not be, like, the cool-looking, weird, almost RoboCop movie. Like, yeah. no, that's... I mean, case in point, I will literally go see any movie The Rock is in. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm I... that big of a fan of the guy. Like, he can be in a crappy, diehard wannabe, and I will go see this movie called Skyscraper. Yeah. Like, and but what I'm saying is, like, and that's what they're banking for with Vin Diesel. They want those Vin Diesel fans that are like, I will see anything Vin Diesel is in, even The Last Witch Hunter. Right. <laughs> I saw The Last Witch Hunter well, because my wife is a big Vin Diesel fan, and, uh, <laughs> whew... <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's what they're going for. Yeah. Just like having uh, Scarlett Johansson play major, it was. Well, she's the most hey, bankable actress in the world. She makes. Right. She is the most recognizable. She is the. She makes the most money, specifically, like you know, uh, metrically speaking. So yeah, it made sense. And right. at the very least, I don't know if you saw Ghost in the Shell, ladies and gentlemen, but like they at least explained it. She is technically an Asian person, but in the body of Scarlett Johansson after death, like it's. It they it it works in the narrative structure, knowing full well that there was no way they were gonna get the money they needed to make a Ghost in the Shell movie without someone like Scarlett Johansson in the lead. Right. Is that bullshit? Yeah. Does that suck? And it's kind of racist. Yes. But that's <laughs> that's how they make movies, and it sucks. And I don't like it. And I'd like to support those who don't. But this is not one of those times. Vin Diesel. I, I, name a better actor to play Bloodshot. I, I honestly would rather watch Vin Diesel do it. I like Vin Diesel sometimes. Well, I mean, I Jason would, David Frank. But. Well, I, <laughs> you know who doesn't want to hear that? Valiant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so the other thing I'll talk about the movie so we can keep moving on through our topics here because right. we have quite a few to hit. Um, and this is one of the ones we had already brought up. Is the, I figure now that we're talking about movies, the Marvel industry, the Hollywood as a whole, yeah. it's a good time to mention the Martin Scorsese thing just to give our quick hot oh, take Oh, yeah, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the actual statement that I was able to find that he supposedly said... Yep. Um... I tried, you know, but that's not cinema, Scorsese said. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are with actors doing the best that they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Right. I, um, yeah. 
That's what he said. And you know what? <laughs> like, that's not the first time I've heard that criticism of those movies. I mean, I partially agree. Like, okay, so partially. I, when I look at movies, I look at them in two different camps. Right. There's the indie flicks that I enjoy, the ones that have amazing cinematography, an amazing a director, an amazing story they're trying to tell, no-name actors and stuff like that. That's why I like The Joker. It feels like one of those indie movies that I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy movies like that, that tell a compelling story that makes me think. Yeah. On the other hand, I also enjoy Transformers. <laughs> and the reason I enjoy Transformers is because when I go into a Transformers movie, I know we're going to be like, America, army, giant robots, boom. <laughs> yeah. Now that being, I mean, like, like, at the very least, I expect a few basic principles of Transformers, of a movie based on a toy. Based right. on, a, a, you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's a toy what that I'm inspired a cartoon is, that inspired a movie. Like, but it's what I'm saying is, high Transformers is not a good movie. And I think we can objectively agree on that. <laughs> okay? That a Transformers yeah. is just not a good movie. But it's a great movie if you just want to see explosions, munch on some popcorn, have a couple beers ahead of time with your buddies. You know what I mean? Like It's that yeah, kind of a no. movie. They're a mixed bag of those kinds of feelings. We have movies like Dark World, Iron Man 3, where it is, really is just explosions and superheroes fighting it out. We have Hulk smashing everything, you know? Well, we also have compelling character development movies. But the problem is, they all get lumped under the umbrella of Marvel movies. Exactly. Like, uh, honestly, if you're trying to tell me that, like, there is no, like, emotional, satisfactory moment. Like, if, if there's no character development. There's no, like, depth of, you know, story in Marvel movies. I mean, like, that's such a blanket statement. I'm surprised it comes from somebody who's such a subtle filmmaker as Scorsese. Um the the thing that bothered me, Scorsese can say what he wants. The dude made you know Rush, Raging Bull and Goodfellas, and I can't argue with that. And like, the, the fact is they don't like him calling them roller coaster rides is exactly the kind of opinion I'd expect from Martin Scorsese or my dad or my history professor. <laughs> like, I get it. And listen, like, and uh, and Martin Scorsese is not the kind of guy who's gonna go see the, the who's not gonna enjoy or at the very least expect Marvel films to be films. And appeal to his sensibilities. I will say the guy also loves movies and should and has made. I've seen it, it's like a twelve-part documentary where he like goes back and put, picks out like garbage flicks from the B movie categories and talks about how they're important and they do these things. And it could be that he doesn't feel like they. He feels because they they're too homogenous. They don't get to have their own identities and stuff like that. Because he likes he likes the nineteen fifties classic Cat People, which is like a sexploitation right. noir movie about women that turn into cats. And it's like the theme is that like you know if women are allowed to feel how they feel and do what they want, they'll kill you. You know, it's like it's stupid and it's exploitative. And he finds it interesting because shot like a noir film. And it's like right on right on Marty. Um, the problem I have is actually what inspired. Another comment from his buddy Francis Ford Coppola, who said, Martin was kind when he said they're not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. Yeah, I, was, I just pulled his up to actually follow up with that. Um, I, I feel like there's two things happening here. 
they're not completely wrong in the fact that the especially the way that Marvel movies are viewed. Marvel Marvel movies, regardless of having an interesting plot or character development or deep dives into some philosophies and stuff like that, as some of the movies, there is a blanket statement that a Marvel movie is on the same page as a Transformers movie in the in the terms of it's a big superhero blow em up action flick. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Joaquin Phoenix refused to do any superhero role until he was presented with Joker because the general consensus of a Marvel superhero movie. It's, it's a superhero flick and they're just punching each other and that's the plot right which is like uh, not the case most of the time but okay no it really hasn't been i'd say in the last i'd say five years because right when we were all being like well marvel movies are starting to get stale they're all the exact same formula they shifted up the formula and made them a lot more interesting a lot more character development a lot deeper dive like one of my favorite movies winter soldier right it, i would not i mean yeah it's got explosions but that is a deep dive into friendship and character development and all kinds of stuff yeah i, I would um, say that like, i mean like any of the avengers movies or you know while they're huge action set pieces like each of the later movies, after the after the money saving era, they each one is a product of the director's vision, and some of those directors yes. are like whatever, like you know, uh, Thor Thor Dark World is everyone points to that one as kind of like being the 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 example of the the the, the mistakes, and it's like yeah, that movie was directed by one person, and then they fire that person, and then they replace them. Like it, the, Thor the Dark World was just we need to make a Thor sequel. And so they didn't really care, and they and and it was a mess. It was a mess in from from the get go. So I right. get it. Um, but you know, they're not all Thor: The Dark World. They're not all Ant Man. You know, like right. And that and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like there is because I know people to this day. Hey, did you see the latest Marvel movie? No, I don't see superhero movies. That's how they categorize them. Yeah. They don't categorize them as like their division movies. It's just superhero movies. Right. Now that being said, I also think there's a slight amount of jealousy from Scorsese and Coppola. Or Capola. Coppola. How do you pronounce it? Coppola. I did it right. Okay. Um, because we're in a day and age where, you know, the death of Robert Downey Jr.'s character banks $2.5 billion or something like that, or $2.2 right. Yeah. And and their movies are still getting like $200,000, uh, $200, uh, $200 to three, $500 well, million. They're not banking $2 billion is what I'm saying. They wouldn't and I'm not give saying them. that any of their movies are bad or that those take-homes are bad. These are the guys that can make a masterpiece yeah. that can pull down $500 million on a shoestring budget of like 10,000. You know what I mean? Like right, these like, are the guys that can get like Ben Affleck and them to show up for like no check. Yeah. You know, like I'm well, not saying at all that their movies are bad at all, but if I was in the industry and I was considered one of the best directors of my era and I wasn't pulling down 2.2 billion because I didn't blow up superheroes, uh, there might be a little jealousy well, in there. At the very you know least, I, mean? I, you know, well, I, I would not agree with the direction that the, that the genre was going in, but... Tarantino's been saying this since 97. Like, what? Tarantino hates superhero movies too. And he's in the same category in terms of like, I care about, like, he cares about film. He thinks it's an art form. He wants it to be about this, that, and the other. Like, it's about the process and it's about the, 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 the format. Um, Scorsese had to get money from Netflix, which is a thing that I'm sure he doesn't understand or care about and doesn't like. I'm sure he thinks that, like, because Scorsese likes film and movie theaters, and I get that. And I and, and actually the Red Letter Media guys have said, like, that the future of movie theaters is probably going to get changed in a big way, where, like, Disney's going to buy all... Like, I, I, I fully believe that, like, Disney will buy AMC one day, and going to the movies will be like going to the Disney store... 
and it's like gonna have like gift shops and toys and merchandise and also you can go see their tentpole billion dollar movies on giant screens with like 4D and crap it'll be like a ride and I don't think that's a good direction that film should go in but I also think that that's kind of neat and I guess I'd go I I hope that it wouldn't be the the death of cinema but I also think that like you know one thing like one genre doesn't big doesn't overwrite the the entire industry slash uh format no i agree with you on that um actually this brings up an interesting point and this is going to cut some of our topics but i really want to talk about this for a moment yeah the debate so we've moved into an era of 4k amazing cinemas so what it turned into though is now you can watch most of these things on your phone right in high quality with headphones and i remember there being a huge debate about things like netflix and things like that where they're like we're making art and how can you appreciate art on your phone? Right. Like, and I think it was the same guys like Martin Scorsese and all these guys talking about like how they don't like the Netflix model and the, the streaming model. But sadly, movies are going more and more in that direction. Do you know how many times Natalie and I, because we have we have our date nights where it's like, hey, you're not streaming, I'm not streaming, we're going out. And instead of going out, it turns into, do you want to order in and watch the latest movie on our really expensive TV yeah. with like super high quality and no kids or sticky floors or <laughs> hell, we don't have to put pants on. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, there's something attractive about the personalization of the, the whole media experience, certainly over going out the unknown dealing with rude people who are yeah who are bringing their phones into the movies anyway and movie theaters being like lame about it and not enforcing their own rules uh there's too many unknown factors and like honestly i can create a better experience watching film in my house than amc or any other theater for that matter probably can provide now there are niche outlets that counter that and make me want to go experience them there's an old theater that has like it's it was built in the 30s and it's it's one screen and it, they preserved it it's called the bird theater with a y in richmond virginia uh it, it's it's a it's a 1930s cinema and it's one screen they have an organ that comes out of the ground the seats are like refurbished and there's like it's like sitting in a museum or or an opera house but you're seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark or any other number of movies that are like or Jaws on the big screen in this and that's an experience and that's its own experience that is different from going to see a Marvel movie in like one of those like Dolby theaters um I I feel like half the time that we go to the theater yeah it's for the theater experience exactly like like we're not even going for the movie anymore because most of these movies hit digital like a month later yeah I can wait half the time they're still in theaters when it's like oh I can rent it yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, true. No, I, I I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I'm like, this is where it's meant to be seen. I have to see this in the theater. Right, and that does happen, and we do that. For us, we just pick days and times that normally... Oh, 2 o'clock in the and, afternoon on Tuesday. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one's there. I'm yeah. good. And discount, you know. Yeah. Um, I like that. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, I, but, you know, I think we should have, like, a whole episode discussing that. Maybe if we have a dry-up topic, we can talk about the future of movies. Because we're... Bu- I, I'd like to consider us not movie buffs, like Gary on my team, he's a movie buff, even though he doesn't watch anything current. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's giving me the evil look right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you and I do enjoy movies and the movie going experience. It, but we are running way over time right now, and I think we should probably move the topic on. Yeah. Closing yeah. thoughts on what was supposed to be a bloodshot trailer discussion. Oh, yeah. Liked it. I'm excited for it. That doesn't mean it's going to be good, but I the trailers got me excited. They cut a hot trailer. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, next topic is Rick Grayson becoming Talon. So let me give a little backstory to all of our viewers right now and listeners, okay? Rick Grayson is Dick Grayson, also known as Nightwing. And as a part of the plot that Tom King has been crafting in which Bane was going to give Batman happiness and then take it all away, he had uh, he basically sniped Dick Grayson in the head, which did irreparable, supposedly, damage to his memories, which I feel like we've already done before in the past, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> did irreparable yeah. damage to his memories, and he didn't. And and while he knew that he was Nightwing, and everyone told him his past, he couldn't remember it. And his philosophy was, "Well, I don't know who Dick Grayson is, right. so I'm going to be Rick Grayson, who was a taxi driver, and he's been training a, a team of cops to be the different Nightwings now. Because uh -huh. even though he doesn't have memories, he still has muscle reflexes for everything. Yeah." I'm not a fan of it. I did read the first four issues of the Rick Grayson arc, and I do. I I have bought each one because I applaud this idea of doing something new. Mm. I just don't like what they've done to Dick Grayson of all people no. because I feel like every year he's not Nightwing. <laughs> yeah, every year it's like they don't want him to be in the universe, but they know they'll get a lot of flack for killing him. So let's just do something else with him. Right. Until you don't so like him anymore and stop buying it, and then we can kill him. So what's happening next is he's going to join the Court of the Owls. So honestly, uh, what's your opinion on this, Sal? I'll let you go first on this. I think it's like, I mean, it's just more in a, in, a, in a string of doing something to get rid of Dick Grayson for good. And you can't do it. He's too connected to the like culture and to the, to, to the family of Batman. Um, this is... If you're gonna do everything to Dick Grayson, I guess why not? It's at least tied in with the with the retcon from Scott Snyder's run, where it's like he was supposed to be a, a talent anyway. Um, I I'm just waiting for the day when they just put it back because they're going yeah. to. And this is just another stop along the route before someone f f fixes it. And that's <laughs> literally what they're gonna do. They're either gonna and because here's the thing: uh, there, there's a crisis coming. And so they're going to undo a lot of stuff, and I'm sure all of this is one of them. So, you know, why not? It's a hell of a toboggan ride. Jump in. Read it. it, 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 it the worst is it sucks, and you don't read it anymore. Like, Yeah, well, counter to what you're saying, I'm actually excited about it because I'm yeah. a huge fan of the Scott Snyder run, and I loved the concept that Nightwing was supposed to be a Talon. Right. And they never went anywhere with that. No. It was like, oh, I found it. You're supposed to be a Talon. Cool. Like, and that was right. it. That was well, all well I'm not. So I guess we'll not do that. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So I feel like this is like finally getting the almost seven years later, the storyline that we wanted from the new 52 where yeah. it was like, okay, what are you, what is going on with this? Like, I want to know what the deal is. Like, give us more history on this. So I'm excited about this myself. Um, it looks like it's going to tie into William Cobb and all the old stuff that's happening. So, yeah. So that's cool. I mean, like, and you know, if it sucks, you 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 know you you wasted one issue. You know, otherwise, yeah. If it's cool, you know, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you add more history to Dick Grayson. Uh, you know, best case scenario, they erase the whole damn thing anyway. So you know. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, I think well. I'm more of a Nightwing fan than you are, but yeah, no. I, I like Nightwing. I think he's important and valuable. I, I the the Rick Grayson thing, I think, is a slap in the face. I, I all of it is is a mistake. Uh, but I I I don't I don't mind the concept of Rick Grayson. I don't like how they handled it. 
Like they right. like it basically he just turned into Rick Grayson and his immediate reaction was uh, screw all of that and all of my friends trying to help me and everyone reaching out and like I don't know that person so instead of even trying to learn that person I'm going to be a taxi driver who gets drunk every night. Well, not only that like, but like so I'll pick a name that sounds just like my regular name. Like yeah yeah you sound it's you sound pretty convinced that you that you really don't want to be that person like. Please. I just I didn't like the con like it w I think it would have made more sense if he went like he got amnesia and then he disappeared right and so he had no help but he had Batman he had Bat Batgirl like right at the beginning they were both yeah. willing to help him out we had the entire Bat family and I think what pro bothered me about Rick Grayson even if he's like well that's not my life anymore yeah it's like like you guys need to show him his life like right he's not doing anything like the path he's going down the alcoholic. Yeah. who's driving a cab that is not a, a, a that's a very destructive path guys like <laughs> didn't, didn't they do a story arc in this continuity where batman has a machine that can fill in all his memories couldn't you do the yes! same thing with dick you mean to tell me <laughs> batman has a freaking kryptonite ring and like uh, some kind of grecian you know ancient weapon that could kill wonder woman but you don't he doesn't have dick grayson's experiences and knowledge and, and memories backed up somewhere <laughs> I mean, that's a really good point. Right? I mean, like, he just throws him in the machine that makes Batmans, but makes Dick Grayson. You know? I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I didn't like the direction they went with it. It was just kind of like, oh, well, when he's ready to come for help, we'll go get him. That's the worst thing to do to an alcoholic who's driving a cab drunk. Like, yeah. we have, no. We have the, 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 you know, the outsider, Robin. His name is Jason. You got that character for that. You don't need right, to do right, that again. Like, you have billions of dollars, and your answer is, we'll wait for him to reach out. Yeah, which is no! like, you know, I, I hear the, I, I understand the, the, the motivation behind it in, like, the real world, but, like, it, this isn't. And also, like, I, I, they're doing it because they clearly don't want him to be a character here. Like, for right. me, it just says, we're trying to get rid of Dick Grayson, and we're just, we're just making it really hard to be a Dick Grayson fan. <laughs> so. They are, they are. Just, I, I, I loved it when he went to Bloodhaven and he was building his own cast of characters again. I was like, hey, it's Nightwing, he's back! And then they're like, and they're oh, like, no. Let's, let's they put him in up. charge of the Titans. It was like, he's back, at, he's back at Bloodhaven. He's in San Fran with the Titans. He's yeah. doing everything he's supposed to do for like a year. And then they just got rid of it. <laughs> I know. We just did it with, with, with Forever Evil. Like, you know, whatever. So, it's, all right, and moving on, we have... Uh, Spawn 300. Now, I didn't read it. I am a classic Spawn it. fan, but I dropped off a long time ago. Yeah. So how was it? Uh, it, you know, whatever. If you've ever, if you read one Spawn comic, you've read them all. Uh, this one felt like a Spawn comic. Um, but it was also like a big setup. Like, there's, there's multiple stories in it, but they're all in the same continuity, and they all kind of like are in the same time frame. And they're setting up the new status quo for Spawn, and I haven't read Spawn in 200 issues, so I was like, it was hard for me to get my bearings, but I still like kind of got it because it's pretty, you know, one-dimensional. Um, I, part of Spawn's appeal is his costume. And in the book, he doesn't have the costume anymore. They, he loses it. And he makes a new costume out of just pure angst. And <laughs> I, I'm like, that's cool and all, but I'd rather see Spawn, you know, with the mask and the cape. That's what I'm here for. Right. And if, if you're going to do this new status quo where he's like, not that, I'm going to pass. Because Spawn begins and ends with him looking awesome. And if he doesn't look awesome, then I'm not interested. The issue is going to be very satisfying for anyone who loves Spawn. And I appreciate that and I get it. I loved Spawn. 
and I don't much anymore, but I appreciate his role in, 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 the, in the industry and everything. Um, but the story is whatever. Like, but it has set up the new status quo and new characters and new directions and, and she spawn and a lot of other stuff that you can, that you can get really excited about, I guess. But like, you know, for me it was just, I read it because I was like, hey, this is the, this is the first indie comic to hit 300 issues. And also, like, in deference to, like, Spawn being a thing I used to read when I was a kid, like, here it is. And I was like, yep, yeah, I don't read Spawn anymore. Like, and here's why. <laughs> like, so, it was fine, but I, I do appreciate it. Hey, 301, I think, got him the Guinness Book of World Records uh, award for it being, like, the most, you know, indie books published in a row or something like that. The, uh, okay, so, counter to that, how do you feel about it topping the sales charge by a large margin of September? That's cool. And, again, cool because it's an indie book topping the sales charts. Or it's devastating, and it means that the big two can't sell books as well as a Spawn comic. <laughs> I don't know what it means. It, it, like, it's either great or terrible. Um, right. But I, I think, let's, let's, let's go the optimism route and say, like, good for you! Like, hey... A, a, a little bit of media attention got spawned up to the top of the charts again. And isn't that nice? I hope so. Unless it means I, people I, aren't I, buying comics as much anymore. I've, I think that I, I can't really say much on the spawn being number one. It, it, very similar to how everyone's like, well, talk about Hulk beating Batman. We got to see it be repeated to know if it was like a fluke due to some circumstance. Yes. Like people at our chat are stating, well, there was a ton of variants. That could have very much. Uh, uh, I know we bought each of the Spawn variants here, and I don't even read Spawn. Yes. We just got them. So, I mean, that could have very much influenced the sale. Same oh, thing with tough. the Hulk. The Hulk was like, oh, it stayed up there. Well, yeah, it's a good book, but I think we need to see more than one month to see if it is a fluke because it was 300. And oh, everyone I don't want all the variants. Or it, it's not going to be number one next month at all. <laughs> no way. No. Okay, well, we'll see. No, I, I uh, yeah, I bet, I bet on it. <laughs> so before the, before we launch today's episode, we uh, watched the Star Wars trailer with you guys over here live on twitch.tv slash comicstorian, where you can see the show live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, and if you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, go check it out beforehand because we're going to give our thoughts on it. Very quick thoughts, not much to say. Um, I'm excited. I am. Yeah. But I'm also cautious. Oh, you have to be. <laughs> um. So I'm not one of those people that's sitting here like, Last Jedi was the worst movie ever. No, I don't agree with that at all. Um, I don't think it deserved to be a mainline Star Wars movie. I think if you had just taken Last Jedi out and made it, made it a new series out of it, that, uh, that basically threw Jedis and everything out, that would have been great. I think yeah. that could have been a great movie and a great series. I don't know why it was put in there. We have found out a lot of interesting facts, such as J.J. Abrams made the first movie and then just passed notes on, and nobody had to follow them. And nope. it was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they, it was just, just they and, and, it, and they gave it to Ryan Johnson and said, and hey, you have like three movies under your belt. Do anything you want with this, like, right. with this million-dollar franchise. And apparently the, he, he was able to ignore notes and things like that. So I'd say it... Okay, so if it's like uh, The Force Awakens 7, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep, 7. I'll be excited. I will be because I know J.J. Abrams likes to play on nostalgia, especially when it comes to Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, I was having an argument with Gary about it yesterday because he's like, J.J. Abrams likes to play on nostalgia. And I'm like, yeah, well, Star Trek was in an alternate universe to rehash the Star Trek plot. Yep. And Star Wars, the entire purpose was for Disney to go, hey, we're not going to mess it up. That was the whole <laughs> yes. point of episode seven. Yep. And then episode eight, they were like, we don't have a plan. Do whatever. <laughs> That's, I, I don't understand how you can have like Kathleen Kennedy and the 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 phone number of Steven Spielberg 
and all and, and and you know Kazdan and even like Ryan Johnson he's a he's a consummate filmmaker like and JJ Abrams who knows how to tell a story uh, as long as it doesn't involve a freaking box and nobody knows what's inside of it and like <laughs> so you have all these really creative people and these really like these planners and they didn't have one for one of your tentpole franchises like yeah. how could you not go with a plan I feel I feel like I feel like it was too many hands in the cookie jar. Mm. I do. I got a feeling it was like, oh, they must have a plan, and then the other side's like, they've got the plan, and the other side's like, they've got the plan, and yeah. it was too many people involved. And at the end of the day, everyone had a different vision for where Star Wars should have gone. Yeah. And because of that, we ended up getting. Like I said, I'm not against eight. It just felt totally, completely off from the other seven movies. And it wants and to be. Like, well, and, and, and it and does. It's trying to be. It was like we're doing something else. We're throwing it all out. Uh, by and large, Star Wars, Star Wars fans don't want you to throw out the stuff they like. No, so back when Josh Jetta came out, my argument against it wasn't, oh, I didn't like this scene or that scene, and, you know, it's all about uh, SJW pushes. I wasn't in any of those camps. My argument was that they should have just ended the Skywalker saga or started up this whole new fresh direction at the beginning. Right. My complaint was Seven set up completing what we've already know. It it brought back in Luke. It brought back in Vader's helmet. You know, know, I'm saying it implied a lot of old stuff. Yes. And then eight threw it out. And right. my argument was, no, 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 no. You should have finished what you started, then throw it all out That's and do right. what you want to do. Yeah. You, or yeah. or seven shouldn't have existed. You should have come out the gate with eight yeah. and just thrown it all out the window at the beginning. But no, this is what we're doing with Star Wars. The problem with seven to eight, in my in my opinion, once again, is seven set us up in a direction that J.J. Abrams put us in where it's going to be like, look, it's going to feel familiar. It's going to feel like Star Wars. But we're going to try some new stuff with Ray and and uh, uh, Kylo and, and yeah. yeah, and then eight and 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 then eight was like no 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 forget everything JJ was trying to do. I want to tell a different story. That's not that's not the time to do that. So what the, my issue now is obviously we're going back to they they've made a big deal. We are closing the Skywalker saga, which to me just goes why the. Fucking, I get a job in Hollywood because tell you what, this is the shit I was saying like three years ago. Right. Close out the goddamn socket. Well, like, and they will <laughs> until they don't. Like, they, you know, you can't trust any of them to to do uh, like what they say they're gonna do. And and if if they make the next one and nobody wants to see it because it doesn't have Skywalkers in it, there's gonna be Skywalkers in it. Like, that's gonna yeah. be that. Uh, but you know, I'm fine with that. It, it just give us closure. Yeah, closure's good. I'll take closure. I'll wrap it up, you know, please. I mean, Disney came out the gate and they were like, forget the expanded universe, which instead of giving us all the closure in the books to Han, Luke, the kids, all that stuff, and allowing it to move forward by getting rid of the expanded universe, we now technically have no closure as to what happened to Luke, Han, and Leia after episode six. Exactly. So seven was great because it was building on that. Eight could have kept going in that direction, leading us to nine. So this is my concerns about nine. We we're basically gonna tell J.J. Abrams three part movie story in two movies. Yes, because they're, <laughs> they're gonna throw ev- just like just as just as eight threw away seven, nine's gonna throw away eight. Mm-hmm. You know they're gonna. So you basically got two movies and in a trilogy, and it's like, huh, but, uh, my problem is I don't know if I really even care about Finn and Poe and Ray. Like I don't know who they are or what they're trying to accomplish as as people. 
you know they like, don't either though i think that's the problem and that's uh yeah. comic drake put out a tweet today asking you know we, we let luke go from whiny and then everyone complained because it, no one complained when he made his he became the jedi that he was at the end of six mm-hmm. he's like why can't we do that with the new characters and i saw one of the responses and i agreed with it it was we haven't seen them grow as characters nope like I have nothing against Finn, Ray, or you know Jin, or any of these new characters, or no. even Rose Tico, who I know gets a lot of flack from that camp. Um, I have no problems with any of these characters. What I don't like is their character development just feels very rushed, it, like well, or, or non-existent, or non-existent. Like it's there, or it's not. Like Ray, I thought in Seven was a great concept. Who's her parents? Where is she getting these abilities? How is she able to do all of this so quickly? And instead of answering it, right. It just now she's even better. Well, for like, me, it's like it's like Ray is in seven. She's naive and she's uh, and she's like she's guarded and she's eager and she wants to know what happened and she's but she's also afraid to leave her comfort zone. Right. And then she's also a super Jedi and she can do anything and she still feels those things and she still thinks those things and she she still doesn't know anything. But also she can, like, destroy the sun with her mind. Like, so it's like, well, then there's no, there's no growth here. I don't, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not here just to see laser fights. Like, I'm here well, to enjoy these characters and to, and to watch them go on these adventures. And, you know, there's just, there's just not enough. There's just not enough there for me. Like, no, I, see, I will, I will, I mean, I don't mind seeing, I just said I like Transformers. I don't mind seeing movies with no character growth and explosions and things like that. Yeah. I don't mind, I don't mind characters like Shia LaBeouf suddenly being able to outrun a Transformer and there's no rhyme or reason behind it. Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind, you know, kind of like fantasy movies. Like Indiana Jones is a great example. Indiana had no reason to be a professor who could outrun boulders, but we allowed it. You know what I mean? Because it was yeah, cool. Well, well, no, because Indiana Jones also has like character. Like he is, he is fallible and he you you believe he might actually get crushed by the boulder he can't do anything like or he can't do everything you know what i mean and i agree with you on that but what i'm saying is with star wars i wasn't expecting the just this is going to be amazing and there's no rhyme or reason behind what they're doing you know what i mean star wars you expect because we have six movies of history and television shows and comics yeah character development and we're going to go deeper into all this stuff and i we didn't get that. Seven could have ended, and then eight could have developed the characters, and I would have been fine. Right. But eight didn't do that. Eight just I, told told a weird story. Both of those. Well, my my enthusiasm for Star Wars has been diminishing since uh, since Phantom Menace, and like each time I hope for the best, but I expect the worst, and I'm usually rewarded because I know, like at least with the with the prequels, you know. What's interesting is, like, if you compare the, the the new trilogy to the previous, like, to the previous trilogy, not the original trilogy, um, the Phantom Menace, you or, uh, the the prequel trilogy, you know where it's going, and each movie feels like it's part of the same story, regardless of how you feel about the story. Uh, it, it does its thing, like it's it's actually it builds off the last one and it tells the story in the in the same narrative way, like it feels like it's part of the same story. No yeah. one movie feels out of place. The new trilogy. I, I don't know. Like it's it's a it's a mess, and I and I don't know, and, and it's not even really narratively satisfying anymore. And I don't know who who's the hero, who's the protagonist of the new trilogy. Is it Ray? Because if it is, she needs to do something and want to be <laughs> someone. Uh, right. You know, I I, I because is it ain't Poe, it ain't Finn, it ain't Ray, it ain't Leia. Like I don't know who. If it's Kylo, then Jesus. Like, 
Because Kylo is the only who one who is actually the main like, character. did because Ray was barely to... even in the last movie. Well, yeah, like he. I he... mean, Ray, if Ray is the hero of this trilogy, she barely really. She just trained last movie, which I guess is kind in of comparison like, to, she to Luke even and really Yoda. Train. She just yeah, kind of she like, didn't really listen, train. She yeah. just kind of gets disappointed in Luke and then just then just leaves. <laughs> uh, I will say people like to say that it's all Ryan Johnson's fault, and I disagree with that entirely. Um, there is way too many hands in a Star Wars pot for us to go. The director did everything. At any point, we've proven you can fire directors mid giant blockbuster. Look at Justice League. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he did write it. He wrote and directed it. And but they what also I'm saying like, is, he wrote yeah. and directed it. Yes, but you know how many people had to approve that for right. Disney? Like, how many people had to agree that this was a good idea? How yeah. many actors had to go, "Hey, my character still doesn't have development," and not say that to him? The only actor that came out and said anything against it was uh, Mark Hamill, right? Who's like, and I don't all like he said this. was, "I don't, I don't like what they did to my character." But like yep. no one else said anything. Every higher up at Disney and and, Mar and well, Lucas Arts approved it. Yeah. Everyone likes to toss the entire blame on Ryan Johnson, but it's the entire team that created that movie. Right. I, I wish honestly that they had taken a page from what WB did back when the DCEU wasn't working, and they were like, "All right, look, we don't know who actually did this. You're all fired, <laughs> right. and we're making a new team." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I, I honestly think they do need to make a new team at this point. I mean, we'll see yeah. what happens with with nine. You know, they right. Well, JJ Abrams is back, so they could very well be a good a new team, and they just didn't make a lot of hoopla about it. Right. Well, you know what I mean? So it would be it's, smart of them, yeah. Right, because I mean, it's just like what we said before with the Kevin Feige thing. Everyone's like, Kevin Feige's amazing. Kevin Feige's not editing, doing 3D work, hiring the actors. Kevin Feige just directs things. Now, yeah. with JJ Abrams yeah. there, we'll see what happens. Right. So, yeah. No, Feige's not even the casting director. Like, yeah, the the casting director saved the Marvel universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah no I I I'm, I the trailer is cut well it shows the right things uh, you know I was because of my affinity for characters from the original trilogy I was sad to 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 speculate about what's going to happen to some of them but um, you know but I feel nothing for Poe Finn or Ray so I I you know I I'm eager and excited to see if they do anything or go anywhere or become something. But also, I I think that none of them are in contract anymore. So it's like, this is the last movie for everybody. No, it is. Well, they've even said that. I mean, they've come out, and I, I feel like almost like they've sat down, they said, okay, seven did well, eight got a lot of flack. It sold well, but it right. got a lot of flack. So let's just, everyone's arguing they just want closure. Let's just finish, and then we can do all these other movies we've planned out, and people will go see them yeah. because we finished the main plot. Right. I think Disney was too dead set on the idea because I get, I al I almost feel like the reason Ryan Johnson was free to do whatever he want, they weren't doing a trilogy. There was mm. some idea there that this wouldn't end. That way we continue to have 10, 11, 12, and they can keep peppering in other movies that are getting views. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, big time. Yeah, like they, they said it was a trilogy, but the reality was like it was going to be like six movies or nine and it just was never going to stop. And we have a, we, we, we hire these young people because they can keep doing them or right. die or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like what they were going to do is seven through nine. All those people would have still been in contracts. And yep. then the next movie trilogy would have come out with a new cast. But guess who's going to stick around? Ray, Finn, Poe. Maybe. Like all these characters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, definitely. Um, but yeah. I think they're re-evaluating that entire concept at this point. So Totally. This is all I, yeah. theory. I don't even know if this was the thing. I just the way that it, it was casted like it. and and the way that the characters are getting very slow development. Yeah, I feel like that's what they were going for. Yeah, they were wanted. Totally to, right. I feel like they were in for a very long road. 
And so maybe when Ryan Johnson submitted his script and there was no real development, I think Poe got some, Finn got some, yeah. but Ray just kind of wandered around when that they were like, oh, we got plenty of time to develop Ray. Right. Like, look at all the young girls already dressing up as Ray. We don't have to work on Ray. Let's go work on Ray in 9, 10, 11. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. So I don't know. It's yeah. uh, it, it, it's a good looking trailer. Uh, I like. We got to get more young boys dressing up as Poe and Finn. Right? How come they're not? Well, you know what? The fact is, they don't have to because they're all dressing like Spider-Man and Iron Man and Star Lord. So we're good. We don't need them to dress like Poe and whoever. Who? who, Finn? Whatever. (laughs) So, all right. Moving on to our next topic here. We're gonna have to condense these last couple. Um, Batman eighty-one dropped. Yes. I have been following Tom King. I'm a fan of his run. You are. But what the hell? It's John Romita Jr. Man, what are you gonna do? Like, if you want John Romita Jr. to to begin with. I, I don't, like. and the more people I talk to, I don't know who does. I know he's huge in the industry. I know people respect his art. I know that he gets a lot of work because he's got good art. I don't like it. More and more people I talk to do not like it. I don't know <laughs> who likes his art. <laughs> and to go from Tony Daniels' art, who I know is on uh, 86 Onward, yeah, to John Romita Jr.'s art. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Like, like when John Romita Jr. did Men of Tomorrow in the Superman book, Okay, the, but the arc was him. Like, right. I took it, I read it, it was fine, Ulysses, it was okay. But to go from Tony Daniel to John Ramita Jr., it's like, I'm not even saying his art is terrible to the point where we shouldn't have done that. It's just such a jarring change. It was a very, it was a very stark change. It's just, I'm sure the people they had were just busy. Like, you know, Clay Man's busy. Like, you know, we can't get everybody. I mean, like... Uh, and they're probably working on the Batman Catwoman series. So, you know, they got John Romita Jr. because he's fast and he's on uh, he's on the payroll. He has a, he's a name we can sell. Uh, do you think do you think that he's just going to finish out these last four? I hope not. <laughs> because like I honestly, I think he jumped down on 80, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to say. I thought 80 looked pretty okay and then 81 was just like it got sloppier. And so I don't, you know, I, I have not a lot of excitement and faith in the next two if he's doing them. Um, you'll take a look at those solicitations and see, like, who's on the docket. But, like, it would be very disappointing if they wrapped up this arc with him. Oh, Mike Janin is going to be finishing the arc. Okay. It's still a very stark change, but, it's very, but I feel... Yeah. I feel like it's closer to the more traditional style that Tony Daniel brought to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I like Tony Daniel's art, so, like, I'm excited for him to move on. And, and I liked what he was doing before. He was doing some cool stuff. Yeah. That Catwoman costume's not doing anybody any favors, but, like, that that aside, you know, that's a design choice, not a not an artist uh, doing what they're doing. But, yeah, no, it was it, it was pretty rough. <laughs> All right. What about uh, Ghost Rider number one finally dropping? Yeah, <laughs> that's a book that came out. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's cool, you know? Like, it's I, I think it's... Look, I like Robbie Ray's. I really do. Um, but I like that they've established that he's not really a ghostwriter because he doesn't follow any of the rules. No. Uh, and now that now that we've established that he's not a ghostwriter, but he's also the Avengers ghostwriter. Right. I, I feel like what they're doing is like Robbie Reyes is the ghostwriter for the 12 to 18-year-old <laughs> audience. He won't swear. He won't curse. He won't go to hell. He's going to work with the Avengers, and he's got a cool car. Well, we don't and even... then they're like, but give us Ghost Rider. We got Johnny Blaze on fire, drinking whiskey with his brother Nanny Catch, yep. going to hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the art is pretty cool. The story is interesting. I mean, it's 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 very simple. Like, 
it's basically the plot of like, what was it, uh, Reaper? Like, remember that show? Nobody remembers that. <laughs> but uh, like, you know, demons are escaping from hell. Johnny Blaze is technically in charge. He's got to get them back. He's, you know, maybe Daniel help. But also uh, Lilith has shown up. Like we're making references to the Spirits of Vengeance and Midnight Suns, and we're like, oh, yeah. Lilith is here, and she's got a fun new design. And and how about like she pits Johnny versus Danny? Like what about that? Like all right, that's fun. You know what? Like knock yourself out. Let's see where it goes. May- Mephisto shows up, so odds are we'll probably get like we're fig- we're gonna figure out what the new status quo for Mephisto and Johnny Blaze will be after this. So. That's cool. It's kind of weird having him as the king of hell. At first, I thought it was just like a, oh, this is a fun part of damnation, but... uh, We're keeping it. (laughs) Yeah, we're keeping it, and it looks like they're going in a fun direction. I love little remarks from Johnny where he's just like, I don't know how to use this. I don't know know how Mephisto kept doing half the things he did. Yeah, (laughs) well, because Mephisto's not really the devil. He's just a... He's he's an elder thing that, like, looks like the devil because he knows it scares people. Like... Yeah. But I'm I'm down. I think it's fun. Like, you know, it's, it's... it's pure Ghost Rider, and uh, you know, take that as you will. But um, <laughs> I, I, you know, Ghost Rider for me, go- motorcycles. The car's cool, but it's all about motorcycles and dudes with their heads on fire. Um, I agree with you on that. I do. Uh, I like Robbie. The I like. I think. I think it's a Charger he drives, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Charger. Yeah. Okay. I like the car. I like the design. I like Eli and the whole way they're doing that thing. But it never felt like true Ghost Rider to me. No, no, and, and yeah. it's not supposed to. It was, you know, like that was that's all new, all different Ghost Rider, and 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 that's something of and what's funny is you could tell like Jason Aaron didn't notice or pay attention to that because like he's doing all kinds of stuff in Avengers that like he wasn't supposed to and it wasn't established in the original run and like Avengers 1 million BC like that Ghost Rider is supposed to be tied in with the friggin with Robbie and it's like no Aaron no <laughs> your Thor's cool, but this is not making any sense, and I don't like it. Like, don't do that. Well, no, now now he's got the car is possessed by Cosmic Ghost Rider, who they fought against. Right. Uh, and then J- Robbie got pulled to hell for a race, but he's yep. not really a Ghost Rider, even nope. though he's supposed to be. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't it, it's it's vi- it's needlessly complicated for something as simple as a Faustian bargain that looks like an awesome tattoo. It's very simple. You don't need to make it complicated. But if you read Ghost Rider back in the 90s, it was needlessly complicated. And so <laughs> they're kind of bringing it back. It's very much an homage. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a mess and it's silly and it's complicated, which is exactly what Ghost Rider should be, I guess. It's like a tentpole. It's like motorcycle, flaming skull, uh, you know, uh, needless m- melodrama, magic characters that are also kind of demon-based and also it being a mess, a quagmire of books and continuity <laughs> that like no one can keep straight. So, right. you know, we got, it, we got everything. We got all the boxes checked. All right, all right. Well, last just last topic. Um, not much to say on it, but how you feeling about Absolute Carnage? We it's just cool. ended with issue four. Um, so Venom is now like Legion. I don't, okay, what 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 symbiote did he get? I can't figure that out. He got all of them, Benny. He got all. Of them. <laughs> but like, what does that mean? Because Hybrid got, is gone. Hybrid is yeah, out. No. and uh, Sleeper is on the cat. This is this is he got all the codices, and they became one symbiote. I guess I don't know. Like, like I, I'm reading through the book, and he just walks in, and there's a tube that has, what, the ones that were pulled out of Captain America and stuff, I well, guess? All, all of the heroes' codices. So it's, like, little symbiote pieces that also took their, like, attributes. So it's going to be, like, Super Venom. I don't know. <laughs> I just love the way you said that. It's going to be what it is. Super like, <laughs> Venom. <laughs> it's just Super Venom. I don't know. 
<laughs> it's cool looking. Super. It's cool looking, and, and the, the the narration and the writing is good. Like absolute yeah. carnage is better than it has any right to be. So anyway, so Venom's gone though, right? He's absorbed by Carnage. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean that he's dead. Well, carnage but has it like means wings, that... so I'm guessing it's like it's probably Venom in conjunction with Carnage. Because remember, Carnage is Venom's son, so who knows? Like it could be a little different. The rules are different for Venom. <laughs> but I, I do as, as much as I'm loving Donny Cates' run. I, I I really really love his run. I'm so hooked on. Like he got me to give a crap about Eddie Brock again. Okay, he's a character now. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, Eddie Brock, I, I was okay with it when they finally reestablished him and got rid of the whole Lee, whatever, Lee Price thing. Yep, that was... I, nope. I still I still wanted Flash Thompson, though, the whole time. Yeah. Donnie Cates got me to, not, to now care about Eddie Brock again, not just be like, I'll accept it because I'm a Venom fan. You right. know what I mean? Like... Definitely. Um... But he, I feel, I feel like every other issue, he just like makes something up. He's like, and that's in canon now. <laughs> Big time. He's, well, it's weird because it's like what. what He's doing it and people like it, which is rare. <laughs> because he's doing the same thing. I'm, I'm realizing like this is his MO. Yes. When you put Donnie Cates on it, it's almost like how Bendis just makes up stuff and ignores things. Yep. Donnie Cates makes up stuff, but makes it work in everything. Well, and adds so it. Yeah, he adds. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm reading his Guardians of the Galaxy run. Uh-huh. And like he's just adding shit left and right to the Guardians. Oh, like. he did the same thing with the Death of Inhumans. He's doing it with Silver Surfer Black. He did it with like... Uh, yeah, no. I, and I, I love that he's doing that, though, because he's adding so much lore to these characters, but he's not just throwing things out. No. Like Hickman, when Venom suddenly had Grendel and everything like that. Even even in Absolute Carnage. I just reread the issue three for the video we did. Yeah. And um, there's a line in there where it's like, because it's the part where Spider-Man's all like, I brought them here. I yes. caused the problems. And then Venom's like, no, no, no. Don't let them think that. We've been here since the Dark Ages. So it's like, Cage remembered, like, Spider-Man should feel guilty. He started this whole thing, but no, I've established they've been here before that, so we just need to figure out a way to tell him. Yeah. You know, like, he's keeping I, track of all that. Yeah. No, he, he, that's that's the mark of a, of a good writer who belongs in a shared universe, serialized fiction publication like this. It yeah. makes sense. Like, he's... I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm happy with it. And it's, it's silly, and it's fun, and it's self-indulgent, but it's also, like, well-written, and the scene between Spider-Man and, and Eddie in issue four, it's like, it's good stuff. Yep. This is good stuff. All around. So, all right. Well, I mean, I, I think that brings... Do you have anything else you want to bring up today or talk about before we close up the main show? Oh, uh, we speculated before how, like, Jeff Loeb was going to get kicked out of the uh, oh. of the Marvel thing, and he was. The end. Like... <laughs> I mean, I feel... Uh, there's not much to say in this topic, so I don't no. think we need to go into it. It happened. I, I feel like what they're doing is Disney... It's exactly what we said years ago. Yeah. Disney came in and bought Marvel, and just like they came in and bought Maker Studios, they didn't quite know what they had bought. Yeah. And they agreed to let... They, they, like, Disney bought Marvel with the obvious intention of, we want the movies. Right. Your comic book thing is cool, but we want the movies and TV shows. Yeah. And as the years have gone on, they're starting to look at the other things that they bought in this mix-up. Yes. And they're... It, it's... You see it Disney do it all the time. They're coming in and they're just cleaning house and putting Disney compliant people in all the positions. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I I have a feeling we're Ike Perlmutter is going to be gone. I I totally no am calling that. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely. Well, I think the only reason why he's here is because he's all he's like a dead man walking. Like he's already gone. It's just that he's going to announce his retirement like in a couple of months. 
Right. So they don't want them all the- to look back to back because they don't want people to be like, it's just Disney doing Disney. This is what Disney does. I've seen them do it in multiple businesses. They buy it for one particular thing. Yep. And then they go through and figure out what else they bought and they clean house. Yeah, they did the same thing with, with Star Wars. They, just, they, they gutted LucasArts. And yep. now there is no video game company that makes Star Wars or any other game. Adventures of Monkey Island, Indiana Jones. They don't care. Like, it's just, it's done. Um, I've seen it done with video game companies outside of LucasArts. So they bought a company. They, they, you know, if the contract's in place to keep the original staff, they do that for a period of time. Then they fire everybody to replace them with their own people. And then their own people are incompetent. And they completely run into the ground. Like, that's what Disney does. Now, hopefully... They, they did that with Maker Studios. Yeah. We were both a part of Maker Studios in the early days of YouTube. They came yeah. in and they bought it. And I felt like every six months, we would hear about a new round of layoffs coming through. And our contacts would get fired. And it broke down to there was, uh, as far as I know, there's three people still working on that team. Yeah. Like, and their job is to basically take care of Markiplier, <laughs> a Jack Scepter guy. <laughs> like, that, at the end of the day, that's what ma- Disney ended up buying. That's access why they bought it. Two. They just wanted those they, three. They, that's it. They don't own those two. They bought access to YouTubers that are huge. Yes. So. Yeah. And hopefully they don't screw up Marvel Comics. Like, the idea here yeah. being. I think Feige loves Marvel comics. Like, I think he loves Marvel. So oh, he I, does. That's definitely. I, I hope he's not like, you know, oh, I brought my friend, like, you know, Peyton Reed in to work on Marvel. Like, no. Like, it's just going to be people that, you know, work on comics and know how the comic industry works. Because the comic industry, like, needs to change and adapt, but it also doesn't need to be gutted and replaced by Hollywood people. That's the last right. thing it needs. <laughs> So, so, all right, yeah. well, that's that's our thoughts on all of that stuff, guys. This show has been Absolute Comics. If you want to support it and keep this show on the air, then consider going to our sponsor, G Fuel, and using the code COMICS at checkout. You'll get 10% off of your order, and we do get an affiliate cut for that. If you want to do more direct support for the show, consider subscribing right here on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash comicstorian, where the show is aired live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can also go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash comicpop, where you can get early access to the show, or you can go to patreon.com slash comic where you also get early access to the show. That's if you want to support each of the hosts more directly. The ways of supporting the show are there. If you guys want the show to exist, that's how we keep it going. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, and don't forget, you can catch us every Tuesday right here. Some special episodes are coming out very soon. Can't say much about them here because we're still working out the nitty-gritty details, but if you're following the YouTube and the Patreons, some not-live episodes are going to be going up relatively soon. Don't worry, the live episodes will always be happening. Sal and I love doing this, and we're going to bring you as much of it as we can until you're sick of us.